We're Suze and Meg. We've been friends for over 20 years and now we're 40. Join us on 40 Things at 40 as we explore this new decade of life. We've each made a list of 40 things to try and we're cheering each other on. Listen in as we chat about our adventures, getting older, and why pushing outside our comfort zone is so important. Hi everyone, welcome to the 40 Things at 40 podcast. My name is Meg Uren. Today's date is Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. It's a beautiful sunny day here where I am. Uh, we're here at episode 11, which is just mind-blowing that we've recorded 11 episodes so far. With me as always is my partner. Hi everyone, this is Susan Shepley. Thanks for joining us and today we're joined by a special guest, Christine Bergsma of the company Journaling Through and she's going to be here talking with us about journaling and all the great things that can come from having a regular journaling practice. So welcome Christine and can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. My name is Christine. Like you said, I created a company called Journaling Through. So it is a series of guided journals to holistically help people heal from life-altering events. Oh, I'm excited for this topic. I know I always say that, but I really am excited for this topic because... Um, I have so many people who are really into journaling and guided journals, and it's never been a practice I've used. So I'm really interested to pick your brain about it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on with my question for you and try to stick to our basic layout. So you are a business owner and the creator of a series of guided journals called Journaling Through, which we talked about. Can you tell us about your journey to uh, this point? What led you to start a business? How did you, how did you come to be in this place? Absolutely. Thank you. And you're absolutely right. When I started this business, I was even surprised at how many people journal. So <laughs> to your point, uh, when I was six years old, I wrote my first journal entry and it was a budget <laughs> of what I wanted to buy. When I have my own business, shoes, hat, everything else. And then it was about 14. I wrote another thing, um, just a journal entry on a page to say, what do I want from life? Do I want a nine to five or do I want to break the mold? Do I want to go outside? And then I immigrated to Canada when I was 21. So I had to start all over again like, you know, a lot of other people that come from other places. So I was in finance for a bit, and then I was in sales. And then my law degree wasn't worth anything. So I was like, all right, I really love writing. I should do that. And then I realized what a beautiful value it gives to people to help them through really difficult circumstances. And I have to tell you, when you said you started your first journal at six, I think that's around the time I did as well. And I've been an active journal for all these years and journaling has taken many different forms. So I'm really interested to hear from you about when people open your journals and attend your workshops. I know you do workshops. What can they expect? What do your journals look like, Christine? Absolutely. Thank you. And you're so right. There's so many different forms of journals, bullet journaling, just creative journaling. So mine is really specific to whatever you are dealing with. So if you have um, experienced infertility, or if you're pregnant, or if you're a mom going back to work, all of the 13 titles that I created will guide you through that process. So it's based on psychological principles and holistic healing practices. So we give you a visualization and then writing prompts after. And also it is illustrated um, with a 
with these beautiful watercolor illustrations and quotes. So in the beginning, it tells you sort of where you're heading in that chapter. So we recommend you take it from A to B to C so that you are healed at the end of the journal. So it really is that friend in need. So often when we think about journaling, it seems like you're taking all of the ideas and emotions you have in your head and then just putting them onto a page. So I'm really interested to learn more from you, Christine, about what guided journaling is all about and how that differs from maybe that stream of consciousness approach to journaling that so many of us are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for asking that question because that is really the essence of guided journaling is when you are in a really bad circumstance, say you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, it is overwhelming. You can overload yourself with information, you know, people giving advice, all of those things. And then sometimes people would even say, you should just write it down. Where? How? Why? Like you were already in that state of anxiety. And so the neuroscience of journaling is actually, it calms the amygdala down. It actually calms that part of your brain down once you start writing. But you can't do that if you're in such an overwhelmed state. So the guided part is really what sets our journals apart is, you know, it helps you with the prompts. It starts you where you are at, at this moment. So the same with infertility, it'll say, you know, write down exactly your doctor's appointments. Start with that. Start with something very simplistic before we even deal with the, the heavy subject matter. And back to the, um, the breast cancer one, the third chapter is writing your own eulogy. You've been diagnosed wow. with a terminal disease. This is what you need to face. So it does have that substantial transformative power, but we guide you through it. So you're not thrown into something. I'm not ready for it. So it doesn't start there. It guides you through so that when you get to those chapters, you are ready for it. What a great tool. I'm so impressed that both of you started journals when you were six. Like it makes me feel, I think I was, I was nine. I was in grade four and my entry read more like an autobiography because it was like my height, um, uh, who I liked at the time, my class, like it was just a, um, a real record of what was happening because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about journals, right? Who keeps them for what reason? And I, I love this idea of exploring the, the range of things that you can do with journaling, that journaling is not just one thing. Um, and I started a gratitude journal as part of my 40 Things of 40, which was a different practice just to record it, right? And I know they've become really popular, but it, it's expanded my, uh, my own mindset about what's available to it. But that's not my question because that's just me going off on a tangent, which I do. But I like this piece and, and I've been pretty open about the fact, so I struggled with infertility for seven years, um, a long time, you know, I conceived my daughter and, um, and that took a while and then we tried for a second and went the whole gamut of IUI and IVF and transfers and all those things and just recently in the last year finally got to the end and said nope um we're done we're a we're a family of three and so i, I love this idea of putting it in a place because i feel like you go through this hugely transformative experience that emotionally impacts you that you know really directs your life and then when you're done you just sort of are asked to put it on a shelf and put it away and then move on with the rest of your life and it just doesn't work like that so my question for you is how can journaling help people move through and heal from different difficult experiences such as grief and infertility? So how can the journals help us through those experiences? 
And that is such a great question again. You ladies have amazing questions. So for example, um, our journal for working moms, one of the ladies, I said, you know, yeah, thank you for getting it. I would love your feedback. But her kids are older. Her kids are 11 and 12. And this journal was really designed for kids with, or for people with little kids at home. And when she started it, she said, I didn't realize how much was residual energy that I carried with me from when my kids were little. So even if you have decided for your own purposes that you are a family of three, there might be some residual things that this journal can help you with. So even if you're not actively pursuing that, and the same with loss and grief like we carry these things with us that we don't deal with and it's not always evident but sometimes it comes up in very weird ways you know like why am I acting like this so even there's no time frame for my journals so even if you've had it you know you think you're past it they can still help you live right. this beautiful life of just being aligned mm -hmm. No, that's, that's, um, it's, it's realistically true, right? That as much as I have made a decision and, and, and moved on in, in many ways, it's not like human beings then just neatly wrap up the way we feel and put it away. You know, it's a process to, and I said that to my husband the other day, that it's a process of kind of grieving and going through the, the realization of the hope and the dream and the process and the end, and then the, what's next and what does this mean, right? It takes time, but one of the things, I mean, I think I mentioned this to you, Christine, when we've had some back and forth on social media. And one of the things I learned a little bit too late was the difference between ruminating and reflecting. And I think I spent a lot of my life ruminating on things that didn't work out. And I ended up writing the same script over and over. And what I love about your journals is that they seem to move you out of rumination and towards something more reflective that can help you with healing. So I, I wonder, you talked about um, the science behind some of this work. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why the guided piece is so key? Absolutely. And, and you are right. You know, it is, and it stops you from overthinking too. And to Meg's point, now I was just thinking while she was speaking, you have a place to put it. So your mind is putting it in the journal. So right. it doesn't stay in your head. It's the same thing of why they say, do not sleep with electronics when you are going to bed because your mind is still connected to that device. So we're using the same sort of put it in your journal and close the book so that your mind can be free so that you can move those old energies out. Am I answering that question <laughs> for you? You, you know, so I think it's a whole experience when you journal, it feels like the weight is lifted off you and, and the book can carry it. You don't have to carry it. So when you feel like it's getting heavy again, you can go back to your journal and there will be a guided section for you to help you through whatever you are dealing with at that time. Especially because I feel like Susan and I were talking about this a while ago. We were talking about women and mental load. There was a huge amount of articles talking about how women in relationships carry a lot of the mental load in terms of the the mind of um, activities and oh we've got a this birthday and I've got this holiday and we need to get this and and asking questions and this idea of 
carrying things in our mind and mental load being top heavy to to women sometimes in relationships and acknowledging that that sometimes that's why women can feel and I don't not to devalue men I think men are incredible partners and supports and have their own set of unique challenges and carry a mental load but I think for me when I was reflecting on it that sometimes can be the exhaustive pieces I feel like in my in my head, I'm carrying all of these thoughts, obligations, responsibilities, and that can really take its toll. And when, when I feel overburdened, it's always connected to what's happening in my brain. Absolutely. And that manifests itself in your body and it manifests itself in your soul or your spirit. And these journals were designed as a trifecta. I call it the triad of, of wealth or wellness, right? It's like if one of them is out of balance the other ones are going to be out of balance too so in the journals we also make notes of how are you physically taking care of yourself write it down you know so and your spirit like your creativity your intuition because all those things can be dampered and prevent you from leading a wonderful aligned life to your to your purpose and your passions because you are dealing with these mental things that are just literally weighing you down mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah where there's no room for anything else right when it's taking up that much emotional, energetic space in your life. Absolutely. Right. And I like that idea too, Susan, that you mentioned the space because we can't get anything new in if we still have too many old energies. We have to get rid of it for in order for something new to grow. Right. One thing you mentioned, Christine, is, is this concept of alignment. And I noticed that you have a journal specifically um, that addresses alignment. So can you talk a little bit about that and how it relates, particularly because of the 40 things at 40 podcast to midlife? What's alignment all about? Absolutely. And I, I just read a post yesterday, so I took it as a sign. It says, when you are younger, you know, you look at these flashy cars and the status symbol career that you want in this house and this Pinterest worthy family and kitchen and whatever, whatever. Right. So then you are attaching your energy to stuff. And that is where your vibrations are. I'm close to 40. I want to align to myself. I want to align to my higher self. So I want to align to things that are not stuff-based, but that are more of value. And I, I found that that is quite a common thing for people. You know, they want to get, they just want to live. And I wonder to a certain degree, <laughs> we're like we're not in our 20s anymore. You know, we can, we can actually plan for retirement, but how do I, you know, how do I take care of my body so that I'm okay for the next 40 years how do I take care of myself and that is the alignment that I am talking about it's not hustling anymore and there's a time for that there's a time where you need to figure things out but I think for the midlife part aligning to really who you are and really taking inventory of what is important to you and how you will experience the next chapter of your life and that is what this journal is about. It's not about a life altering circumstance. It's for anybody who's new to journaling, or if you want to reconnect and sort of elaborate on your existing journaling practice. It, it flows so nicely into what we have done. You know, this, this idea of thinking intentionally about experiences you want to create at this moment in this time and the opportunities that come to us that if I dream big, you know, if I think about 41 year old me says, hmm, maybe I want to go to Amsterdam. It's a lot more possible, I feel like, for 41 year old me. I feel like 20 year old me would be like, there's some, 
there's some challenges there. Uh, or maybe that's a perception thing. But I, I love this idea of being at this age. And it, it has to be just an age and stage because it comes up again and again and again, this permission to speak up, to share things, to be more reflective. It, it's the normal evolution of reaching it. It's just such a, a joy to get it because I always thought getting to midlife was like the, the thing you didn't want to do. You know, you, you enjoy your youth and you get to midlife and it's like downhill from there. Um, and it's been the opposite experience for me. And I was surprised by that. I'd always been told it was the reverse that when you you're young, that's when life and fulfillment and happiness and joys at its highest. And the older you get, your body breaks down and more responsibility. And that's not been my experience at all. So I love this idea of reflecting and getting a way to channel that into something really tangible. And you are so right. When I turned 30, I went to a friend's birthday party and I had to excuse myself early. I thought my life was over. I was like, I have not reached anything I wanted to at 30. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> so I'm like, really? <laughs> Give it 10 years, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yes, but it's like we all learn that message, right? Or that that projection. And even more so in a social media age where we see people living so many different lives and we project ourselves into them and think, how how do we stack up and how do we compare rather than, you know, am I in a good place with it? For the comparison, that is a big section in the alignment journal on how does comparison affect your daily life? Mm. So that's a whole chapter. Oh, can you talk more about that as somebody who has struggled a lot with, uh, what's it called, compare and despair over the years. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so there, the chapter, um, it's really based on the seven chakras. So it guides you through, you know, like, where's your foundation? What do you do for fun? But the chapter on comparison is really about jealousy and how you carry it and how, you know, just because other people have great things, how does it impact your life? And there's seven prompts to, you know, guide you through that process so that in the end, you can just be okay. Be like, it doesn't matter what other people do, but you can't just say it as a quote. I always think that manifestation only works as hard as you do. So if you just read a bunch of quotes and you never actually do the internal work, that comparison thing will always be a part of you until you take it out, <laughs> until you really, you know, work through it. Right. So true. Can wrap that up, Suze. You got this. Um, and now we have great, great help and supports that are going to help us figure out and navigate, which is which is awesome. It's fantastic that we've been able to connect, and especially because you know the three of us don't know each other. This is like one of the you know we know each other kind of on a peripheral sense, but it's lovely to to make a connection because we're all kind of working in the same area, which is which is wonderful. So Christine, what tips or advice would you share with anyone who wants to start a journaling practice who might be brand new to journaling? Show yourself compassion and kindness and find a space where you can do it uninterruptedly and free from distractions. Turn off your cell phone, turn off your notifications. Even if it's five minutes a day, maybe turn into 10, will maybe turn into an hour, but do start. And it's like any good habit. Attach yourself to the outcome after. Like going to the gym, you don't want to go, but after you've gone, you're like, oh, I feel great. So it's the same thing. Attach yourself to that healing, aligned, wonderful energy that you will experience after if you're having trouble starting. And literally, you just need a pen and a paper. And there's tons of problems on my blog if you would like to go and look at it. <laughs> Okay. I yes. stole your question, man. You're fine. You're fine. It's, it's, it's so, I just, I really like it as something for folks who have never tried it. I really like it 
as for people who already journal to think about maybe journaling in a different way or using a different structure and method because it's all arriving at this place of helping us and especially with the last year you know thinking about COVID and the pandemic and all the uncertainty where mental health is is you know we're really languishing and we're talking about all of the ways that we're interacting with the world what a what a beautiful thing that we can think about implementing and how it can really relate to us in a positive way so I'm definitely going to check it out uh you have a you have a new believer in me, um, but let me ask you another question. So people are interested, they're listening, they're, they're now motivated, they're like, I need to try journaling through, I need to, to experience these books. How can they do that? So where can people learn more about your work and how can they find out about what you do? And thank you for the shameless promo that I just sprinkled all over the podcast too, by the way. But You're welcome. <laughs> it's amazing. They can, they can find it anywhere you buy a book. So Indigo Chapter sells them, Amazon, Barnes Noble, Thrift Books. They're also available on my website. But, you know, if you're already buying something online, odds are you can buy it there. And I will link everything in the show notes, similar to other episodes where I'll include links and um, references. So if people are interested and you want to just poke around in there and get started, that will absolutely be in there for us. Well, we are uh, already through our, our time, which is fantastic because I really love what you do. I just have to say that I think it's a lovely both, you know, enterprise and, and business, but I think it's a lovely accompaniment and, and method and um, strategy for helping people. So I'm just so appreciative that you, you took the time to come on and to chat with us today and that we can help share about what you do and hopefully expose some new people and, and get some new uh, folks joining in in some journaling, which I think is, is amazing. So I'm just really grateful, grateful, for, grateful to have you on. So much for the opportunity. I absolutely love it. And thank you for what you are doing as well. There is definitely a need for this midlife to go smoothly and you guys are helpful in that. So thank you so much. Thanks, Christine. If you want to know more information about our list and see what we're going to be tackling this year, we'll put the 40 things at 40 Facebook link in the show notes.